Hey guys, I love you all so much and I hope that today's message encourages you. Be sure and like and subscribe if you are tuning in on YouTube. Comment down below what you learned in today's message and what other topics you'd like to hear talked about moving forward. And if you're tuning in via Apple or Spotify, be sure and download, rate, review. We love reading your reviews and it actually helps us as we prepare for messages to come. And make sure to turn on your push notifications so that you can know whenever episodes come out as we have new episodes every single Wednesday. Guys, I love y'all and I hope you enjoy the show. Hey there, Emma Mae McDaniel here. This podcast is powered by the Converge Podcast Network. awesome people. I love you so, so much. Welcome to the Have You Heard podcast. I'm your host, Emma Mae McDaniel. And guys, we have somebody on the podcast today who I have looked up to and learned from for quite a while. The one and only Levi Lesko talking about his book, The Last Supper on the Moon. And I believe it's going to bless you. It's going to encourage you. So friends, without further ado, grab your headphones and let's get into the word. Levi, welcome to the podcast. I know I said this before we started recording, but I'm so stoked to have you on. Emma May, it is such a joy. Uh, Should I I call you Emma May or Emma? Whatever rolls off your tongue better. I get both. Okay. I didn't know if it was like a strong, like (laughs) you sometimes shorten it down to one name. Be like, actually, my name is Emma May. Okay. Well, there you go. Well, thank you for having me on. (laughs) You're welcome. You're welcome. Honestly, I have to tell you, whenever I read the title of your book, I was so intrigued. I thought it was so interesting. And I was really excited to see how this connection would take place. And so my first question is like, what exactly is the title and what is meant by it? Yes, thank you. Um, When I found out that Buzz Aldrin took communion to the moon in 1969 as a part of the historic Apollo 11 mission, I was floored. I found out about that in 2019. Um, and I don't know how I, I never knew that. I mean, in, 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 as a kid in school, you learn Neil Armstrong took one small step for man, one giant leap for mankind, right? We heard that mm-hmm. crackly footage <laughs> our whole lives. It's in commercials. You see it on TV. But I, I, I was never told that they took bread and wine and that the first thing ever eaten on the lunar surface was the Last Supper. And as a Christian, that blew my mind because that's historic. You know, that's a big deal. And and then I found out that Buzz Aldrin also, before he did that, read a three-by-five card that he had in his pocket that had John 15, verse 5 written on it. I am the vine, you are the branches. If you abide in me and I in you, you will bear much fruit. But apart from me, you can do nothing. And my friend Brant was visiting from New York to Montana and told me that. And I was first to be completely candid. I didn't believe him. I said, that's got to be made up. But a quick Google search will reveal to you that it is indeed true. And that the first thing I've written on the moon was the last supper. So that's where the title comes from the last supper on the moon. But it's like one of those things, Emma, where you hear something and the Holy spirit just puts it like a splinter inside your soul and you just can't get it Mm -hmm. out. I just kept thinking about it, kept thinking about it. And I started to realize like there's a connection between the moon and the cross because 
when Jesus died on the cross, it was right after Passover, right? We know he ate the Last Mm -hmm. Supper with his disciples as a Passover feast, remembering God getting the nation of Israel out of Egypt in the book of Exodus to the promised land through the Red Sea. But first they ate this meal and put the blood on their doorways. And that is what Jesus with his disciples was commemorating. And so there's a connection because Passover always takes place in connection to a full moon. So I was just thinking full moon, last supper, you know, Psalm eight says the moon is God's faithful covenant. This idea of the moon, what do we, what do we consider when we look at the moon? And anyhow, that's kind of where it all came from. Wow. Okay. There's so much that I want to go into and we're only just beginning. I love one, how much courage those guys must have had because they know they're making history. They know that this story is going to carry out in years far, far further than when they're even alive anymore. And the fact that they chose to honor the Lord in that moment, I feel like that takes such boldness. Just, I hope that that's an encouragement, even people listening that, wow, okay, yeah, there may be a risk of what people are going to think of how people are going to respond when I choose to honor the Lord, but it's always worth it. And it ended up encouraging you to write this book, to go and encourage more people. Yeah, that's true. That's so powerful. That's true. And you know, um, there's a great connection too, because the first time that Apollo ever went to the moon wasn't Apollo 11. It was Apollo 8, 1968, three uh, men went on a trip to the moon. And then when they got there, they went around it. And instead of landing, they just came Mm -hmm. back home and it was kind of like a scouting trip. But in in many circles, it's considered even more courageous than Apollo 11 because that was the first time we had left the earth to go as far as they did. I mean, that's 250,000 miles away. The moon is so far to put that into perspective. um, You know, when, when, um, when the, when the space station, which is, or the 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 NASA you know lab that's or, orbiting the Earth, that's only a you know three hundred and sixty mile flight. The Moon is two hundred and fifty thousand wow. miles away, so it was courageous to go there. But the first time they did that, it was at Christmas time, nineteen sixty eight, Christmas Eve. And when they first got to the Moon and reported back, you know what they did? They read from the Book of Genesis. And the astronauts got on and they, they each picked a verse. They went back and forth. In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. The earth was without form and void, blah, 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 blah. They went through the whole account of creation. And then they said, and so Merry Christmas and God bless to all those of you on the good earth. And so there is this beautiful connection I love that. where you have an appreciation for the creation on behalf of those who went to explore it. Yes, I automatically thought of just Psalm 19, that the heavens declare the glory of God and the skies, they proclaim the work of his hands. You can't look at creation and have no excuse that there is a God who is real and good and alive. And also, this is just a side note, but I have to tell you, I am so inspired by your knowledge of history. I think that's so important just because we learn so much about how to go about our day to day by looking back and learning from what's been done. And so, I don't know, I just want to affirm you in your study and in your commitment to make this book happen. Um, I really admire that. So you're just really cool. (laughs) And you hit on this a little bit, the connection between the moon and the cross. 
So I love your love for space. And it's so evident that the Lord revealed his heart through you in hearing about this historical moment and about the moon and creation and our incredible journey of making it to the moon. But how specifically go into it a little bit more about this connection that you expound on in your book regarding the cross and the moon. I want to hear about it. Yeah, absolutely. Well, in addition to the fact, and thank you for those kind words, that means a lot. And it's part of my journey yes. too, Emma, of I really believe God has made us all different and and, and, and that brings him glory. And sometimes we feel, yeah. especially when we spend too much time on social media, like, you know, I'm not cool because I'm not like this person. I'm not, I don't have the same calling as that person. And that's a normal human struggle. Even Peter and John, Jesus' disciples dealt with that. You know, when Jesus asked yeah. Peter at the end of John's gospel to be willing to die for him, the first thing Peter said was, well, what about John? And it's such a funny question because he's saying, well, what are you calling him to do? And that's, I know sometimes, you know, I have my eyes on Emma or I have my eyes on Louis Giglio or Stephen Furtick or Maverick City. And I kind of contend to wonder what God's calling someone else to do, but that just makes us discontent mm -hmm. with ourselves. And my love of history to me is maybe at some point in my journey, I might've kind of downplayed it or not really been as open or vocal about the way God's wired me. I tend to love that kind of stuff. Um, but I think that I want God to more and more give me boldness to, to, to be Peter, to be John, to be Emma, to, to not, to not for us all to not try and be someone else, but to be who he's made us to be. And so I appreciate wow. your affirmation and I encourage everybody to, you know, the way I say it in the book is what makes you weird also makes you wonderful. So don't pretend you're not who That's you so are. Cool. You know, go do your thing. We're a peculiar priesthood and you could bring God glory the way you do, but as far as the connection from the, the moon to the, the cross, in addition to the fact that the first crucifixion and Passover, well, the crucifixion and the first Passover um, ceremony that Jesus did with his disciples that turned into the Last Supper um, communion, as we call it in church world, um, it took place under a full moon. There's also some pretty interesting wow. connections. And, and that is like, as I've kind of documented it, like it took three days to get to the moon. Of course, we think on the third day, uh, Jesus rose from the grave. There were 12 manned Apollo missions, 12 apostles. There's just funny little connections, but then there's also wow. the death of JFK. JFK gave this dream. I have, you know, this, this vision of us going to the moon and, and coming back safely home. He called it the new ocean of space. And then he died, of course, tragically he was assassinated when he was shot in Dallas and so the whole country galvanized around his dream, even though he wasn't here to see it come to pass anymore. Many people speculate that without his death, it might not have ever happened because it gave everybody a, it was almost like mm -hmm. the nation was honoring President Kennedy by fulfilling his dream. Um, and so, of course, that's got gospel, I've never seen it that that's way. got gospel wow. overtones all over it because Jesus has yeah. this dream of, you know, I'm going to die and go to heaven. But when I do, I'll send the spirit. He'll give you strength. And then he said, in greater works than I do, will you do? So there's this almost idea of we can be galvanized by the courage that comes from following the dream of the one who died. Oh, my goodness. I love all of these connections so much. And I think that that's so encouraging, too, just to see something that seemed so and was so tragic, like brought about this encouragement and inspired this hope to be purposeful in what, what we were doing. And 
in an even much greater scale, you look at the death of Jesus as it was so tragic and so sad and there was mourning and and it, yet it, because of the hope that we have in his resurrection, it brought about a purpose that nothing on earth could ever thwart. Like I have faced so much and you have faced so much and you can talk to any person in the world and we've all faced some trials and some things that we have to endure. But whenever you have this anchor hope in Jesus Christ, nothing can take away the purpose that you have in him. It's like you're unstoppable, not because of you, but because you're filled with this all surpassing power of him in you. I'm like so encouraged. I am leaving this podcast today, learning so much about the moon and learning so much about the Lord. And I love it so much. Well, that you're right. And, and if you want one more, it took 400,000 people to get there. We think of Neil Armstrong and maybe some people can remember Buzz Aldrin. And maybe if you're really into history like me, you can name Michael Collins, who was the third member of the Apollo 11 crew. But what you forget is that there were 400,000 people who in some way or another contributed to the space program. So, you know, we mm-hmm. think about history remembers Neil, but he has always really been good his whole life until he died about pointing to everybody else. It was the mathematicians like Katherine Johnson, the human computer who it was in the movie Hidden Figures, that story. There were many people. I love peop- that movie. There were people like her. She's a true she's a true legend. You know, she did the math that got, you know, John Glenn and Alan Shepard and many of the early uh, astronauts into their orbital flights. And there were people who designed um, the, 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 the spacesuits, the women who sewed them. There was, there was so many different people who were shadowy figures but contributed to it just like the church. You know, the kingdom of God is so big, Emma. And, you know, yes, God uses people like Billy Graham and people like, you know, Lauren Daigle and people who have prominent platforms. And there's nothing wrong with that. If you're used in a big way, that's amazing. Mm-hmm. But it's also the person who no one knows their name, who's just sharing the gospel with one person in their neighborhood or just leading a Sunday school class. I think about John and Jane. They're in my church in Montana, and they have faithfully led in our Sunday school ever since we ever last 10 years, you know, and every Sunday they're changing the world. They might not ever be, you know, on the cover of a magazine, but God sees what they're doing. And I think that the, 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 the journey to get to the moon teaches us a lot about how God can use us to change the world. This show is part of the Converge Podcast Network and is sponsored in part by... Scripture says that it's more blessed to give than it is to receive. And I have an incredibly awesome way for you to give today. So I've partnered with Compassion International, which is a nonprofit organization that has partnered up with local churches to help deliver kids out of poverty all over the world. And just for $38 a month, you can sponsor a child today. And you can actually have a personal relationship with them through contacting them via letters and praying for them. This is really powerful, y'all. So if you go to Compassion.com, Emma. You can sponsor a child today. I love you. Oh, that's so good. That has actually been something on my heart a lot lately. It's been stirred up in lots of conversations I've had just in regard to the body. And I just finished reading through Romans. And in Romans 12, Paul talks about that, about 
the importance of not thinking of yourself as better than you are and considering like what the Lord has entrusted to you and whatever he has entrusted to you, do it like and use it faithfully. Like whether it's encouraging, encourage the socks off of people's feet. If it's helping people go and help, like there's no tomorrow. If it's teaching, teach faithfully. If it's leading, then lead with, with passion and with diligence. And I think it's so cool even talking about history. Like when we're talking about all the unique ways that the Lord has structured us and all of the, the important things that he's entrusted to us to steward. Whenever we see it as purposeful in the picture that's bigger than ourselves and in the personal investment that he's put in us, I don't know. It just changes the game. We begin to live with such excitement and we begin to champion each other on in a way that we just simply can't when we're comparing ourselves to each other. That's great. And if you're a mouth, be a mouth and don't be ashamed and don't pretend you're a toe. And if you're a toe, don't man, pretend you're a toe. The, world, the body needs a toe too. You know, and I, I kind of tend to think of myself sometimes as the kidney of the body of Christ. Right. So, but, but whatever we are, do your part. Mm-hmm. Yes. Yes. Okay. So this Levi is a question. I'm actually, I feel like it's just a question I've really been looking forward to ask you. Um, and I wrote it down because I was just really looking forward to it. So, I wrote down, we humans, we love control. We love to know what's coming next um, with certainty. And with this, we can easily fix our focus on things that are out of our control. And due to fixing our focus on things that are out of our control, anxiety skyrockets. And in your book, you talk about how knowing about outer space actually enables us and gives us perspective on how to deal with our inner space. And so I wanted to ask you if you could expound on that and talk about what you mean. Well, thank you. And I have struggled with bad dreams since I was a little kid. I used to have really terrible nightmares, wake up very sweaty and scared and terrified. They called them night terrors. And, you know, it, it was always a part of my life. Um, but it really got bad in in 2020. Um, like I started having them even when I wasn't asleep. And that was always normal, like wake up scared that, you know, you go back to sleep, you drink some water. I think that's fairly common, but I started to have nightmares like when I wasn't asleep, like I would be sitting there with my wife reading in bed or whatever. And it usually happened at bedtime and I would start to almost like I couldn't breathe. I was, I was, my heart would just start beating and I wasn't like doing anything that would get me, you know, stirred up. We used to be reading a book or talking and all of a sudden it would, it would start coming on. If I found out what I was having was called a panic attack and it's fairly common. Mm -hmm. People maybe have, have had to deal with that, but it's so scary. And it was really, I like started to feel like I was losing my mind. And like you said, losing my control. That was the biggest thing. Yeah. I couldn't calm down. I would be like, I would, I would, I would Jenny, please pray for me. And I tried to take a shower. I would get my Bible out. I would put a sermon on the TV nothing worked, nothing calmed me down. And it was so scary. And, you know, I did a lot of things in response to that. I got counseling. I went to see my doctor. I uh, talked to pastors and, and got prayer. And I was doing all, I was asking questions like, what's my diet like? Am I getting enough water? I was looking at it very holistically because I don't believe we can just look at it at one level, you know, but mm -hmm. one of the things in that journey and by God's grace with help, with medical help, like I said, spiritual help, um, as well as uh, professional mental health help and support, that's no longer happening to me now. I've, I've successfully moved through that. And I, I know 
Praise God. Yeah, praise God is right because it's terrible. I don't wish it on my yeah. worst enemy, but I've, I found I have tools to deal with it when I feel like that coming on and I can deal with it before mm-hmm. it gets to that volcano eruption. A lot of stuff with breathing and, and then also changes That's to my huge. schedule. Yeah, breathing, schedule, um, and just kind of like building more margin in and not letting myself get to that breaking point. And then also being careful about how much news I'm consuming, how much social media I'm consuming, all that stuff, which I still have a long way to go on all of that, but I've made progress. But then awesome. to your point, one of the things that helped me was when I would start to feel a little bit of that stress sensation, I would go out to my backyard and I would look up at the moon and find it. And I would find, even if it wasn't there, I would kind of think about it. And I would look at stars. And even if on a cloudy night, I would look at the clouds and remember, no matter how dark it is, the cloud the clouds can't hide the fact that the stars are still there, you know, and, and I, and it would help me remember like Psalm eight says, and that's kind of the journey I I take in the moon between in the book, between outer space and inner space. Cause David said in Psalm eight, and it's right under the cover. If you, if you're watching the video under the fly leaf, I had them write this verse on the cover in, in metal in foiling. It says, when I consider your heavens, the work of your fingers, the moon, the stars, that you have ordained, what is man that you are mindful of him and the son of man, Jesus, that you visit him. So that verse to me tells me that when we look up and and remember our God made all that with his words, let there be. And there was, then I remember, okay, you can deal with this too. If you can handle that, The God who keeps <laughs> Venus and Jupiter and the sun and the moon and the Milky Way, the God who does all that, he can take care of this and he's going to do it through Jesus, the son of man. Oh my goodness. That actually took me back to whenever I was a junior in high school and I had just gone through a breakup and whenever I would just find myself really sad or just thinking on it a lot in a way that just made my heart heavy. I would walk outside and we kind of lived like we lived on like three acres and in front of me was like 10 acres where cows were. So it was a good bit of land and I would just step outside my front door and look up at the stars and there's a song. I cannot remember who sings it, but he basically the lyrics are, I lean not on my own understanding. My life is in the hands of the maker of heaven. And that would like be my, that was my go-to song in that time. And it would kind of just help me refocus and remind myself of where my trust is. And although what I was currently seeing was something that in my own understanding was hard, whenever I took my eyes and fixed them upon the one who I could trust, there was this peace that came, even though I still, my circumstance didn't really change in the sense that I still was grieving something. I still didn't understand everything. I still didn't know what my next season held entirely, but I knew who was holding me and I knew who was with me. So I can just really relate to you in that of, Whenever we take our eyes off of ourself and off of our situation and onto the Father, we see ourselves and our situation with much greater perspective. Well, that's great. And and that is, I'm so, thank you for sharing that. I'm so um, mm-hmm. comforted when I look at the moon. It, it calms me down. Yeah. It When I feel afraid, it, it just centers me again to remember, you know, where am I in the grand scheme of things? My little problem a hundred years from now is not going to be a blip on the radar. Just like all those before us 
looked at the moon during their heart sickness or their problems or their stress and their problems are not an issue anymore. And I want to make sure, you know, I'm, I, I say this because some listening might take what I'm saying and misunderstand. I'm not saying the answer is in astrology. I'm not saying the, the movement of the moon or the stars is now somehow guiding my future. I'm saying that astronomy properly understood leads us to a greater heightened sense of practical theology that I'm looking at the stars not to guide my future, but the heavenly body reminds me of the one who made the stars and that he made me too. Wow. So what is, I know just as you write, there's like this burning passion on your heart of if you could give one sentence of what you were wanting to communicate it, it ends up coming out in hundreds of pages. But for those who are listening and for those who are going to read your book, what is your heart for them? What is, what would you like for them to take away? You know, when, when Buzz Aldrin and Neil Armstrong stood on the moon, they had this checklist that they would sew onto their arm. If you look at pictures from, from that era, they're always looking at their arm. And whenever they have a free moment, that's because there was literally written down this rule, list of things to do all through the mission. And they would look down and see it and then remember what to do next because they only had a limited amount of time on the moon and then they had to go back, right? And they also had a yeah. limited amount of oxygen. And I guess the burning message in my heart is that you and I have a mission too. And we only have a limited amount of time to do it. You know, the life, life is a vapor, James says. It's here and then gone. Um, Jesus said in, in John's gospel, chapter 9, I must work the works of him who sent me while it is day, for the night is coming when no man can work. And so I guess what's mm-hmm. burning on my heart is for everyone to know, like, let's stick to the plan. Let's look at the checklist. And the checklist is scripture. The checklist is Jesus' mission. It's the Great Commission. It's go into all the yes. world and make disciples of every creature. And that you can't share the gospel in heaven. You can't go up to heaven and say, hey, do you know Jesus? Because they'll go, yeah, he's right over there. He's having a Slurpee. You know what I'm saying? Like you, you can't in, invite people to the party once you're at the party, right? So Amos 8 says there will come a day when there's a famine in the land and the famine will not be of bread or potatoes or water. It'll be famine for the word of God, the hearing of the word of God. And I believe mm-hmm. that day is now. I believe we're in a, in a famine, not because we don't have access to God's word, but because many people realize don't miss don't don't realize that John four the food is to do the will of Him who sent me, and so the famine is not that there's not wow so many of us have word, the word of God but aren't doing the word of God, and the doing of the word of God is to get the word of God to the people that don't have the word of God. So that's a lot yes. to say when we've properly looked to outer space, let it help solve and fix Jesus through our inner space. Then we can look at our checklist and. And get busy. Wow. It makes me think of, um, I, I just love the word and how it interprets itself because everything you just said made me think of more scripture. I was reading in Acts 20 yesterday and in Acts 20, Paul, he's on his way to Jerusalem because he knows that that's, that's where he needs to go. And on his way to Jerusalem, he stops in Ephesus to meet with the elders there. And he basically says to them, I did not shrink back. I can look back on my time with you and confidently say that I was faithful. I did not shrink back on telling you all that God wanted you to know. And then he goes on to say, I feel like this is a verse I share 
all the time in almost every podcast, but he says, my life is worth nothing to me unless I use it for finishing the work assigned to me by Jesus, the work of telling others the good news about the wonderful grace of God. And like you were just saying, the word does, like we are called to live it out. As James says, I, when I look to the word, if I simply read it and I don't do it, then I'm like a person who looks at a mirror, turns away, and I automatically forget what I looked like. But blessed is the person who looks into the word of the law that brings freedom, and they live it out. They put it to practice. And so what an incredible encouragement. I, I'm i just really encouraged by you, and I truly believe that this book is going to bring such rich encouragement to the hearts of people. And I truly believe, too, I don't know who may need this, but for those who love history in the just a really special, unique way, for those who love the stars and all of nature and love to learn about the science of creation, how cool is it that maybe this group may have heard heard it tuned into this podcast and be like, man, I don't know if this is for me, but they tuned into this one and they heard, wait, it is through creation that I can discover the creator. It is through creation that I can see the work of his hand and discover the glory of who he is. I just, I think it's really cool. And I believe God's going to use this book to speak to certain people who maybe uh, I wouldn't be able to speak to. So praise God for yeah, that. Yeah, And I hope vice versa too, because there may be some people who are really into Jesus, but you're not so into space and you might think, oh, I'm not a NASA fan. I'm not a, you know, space X person but you love Jesus and reading this book, it could help you realize there's maybe some things to be learned from an area you don't. And just like I hope space people can learn about Jesus and Jesus people can learn about space and really <laughs> everybody can kind of learn something. Maybe they don't, they don't know. That's so good. Um, I, because it's so good, I want people to know how they can stay in touch with you and where they can pick up your book. Uh, LastSupperBook.com. And we have small group curriculum. We have an audio version, an ebook. There's kind of something for everyone right there at LastSupperBook.com. Thank you, Emma. That's amazing. Levi, I hope you know how much I love you, how much I'm for you and how much I appreciate you. <laughs> well, thank you. And talking to you was amazing. You have a beautiful spirit. Your voice is actually very, very easy to listen to. I feel like I'm being interviewed by a Disney princess, by the way. Oh. Uh, definitely feel Snow Whitish. <laughs> and uh, I think it's amazing that you're, God's using you to touch so many people. So thanks a lot. Praise God. You're welcome. Guys, I love you all so much. And I'm so thankful that you tuned in. I know I have been so encouraged and hyped up in truth. And I hope that you have as well. If you are watching on YouTube, be sure to give a thumbs up, subscribe, comment down below what you learned, what your takeaway is, and what content you'd like to see, learn about moving forward. And if you're tuning in via Apple or Spotify, be sure and download, rate, review, share it with your people, and know that I love you. You can follow us on Instagram at Have You Heard Podcast. Y'all are wonderful. I'll talk to y'all next week. Bye, guys. I pray blessings and encouragement and a deepening of faith over your life today. Be sure to subscribe, rate, give reviews, and go share this episode with all of your people so that we can continue to build our community and build our faith. Thank you for tuning in to the Have You Heard podcast, and don't forget how awesome you are.
This show is part of the Converge Podcast Network.